Oh, today's episode of Locked On 76ers, they've been here before. What are we talking about? Well, no point guard, no James Harden, no Ben Simmons in the past. We've seen the core three of Embiid, Harris, and Maxey have a pretty good start to the season one year ago. We'll talk about why they've been here before and why it may help them. In this particular case, we know James Harden next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers. Your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. Welcome. You are locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, along with my co-host and partner, Keith Pompey of the Inquire.com Sixers beat writer. What's up, Keith? What's good, D? How you been, bro? Oh, man. All good. All good. Back here for another Wednesday episode here on the Locked On 76ers podcast. And we thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here at YouTube on Locked On 76ers. Well, Keith, we need to discuss 76ers and how they have been here before. And they've been here before because no Ben Simmons. Tyrese Maxey had to step in. Now, no James Harden. Both Maxey and DeAnthony Melton have to step in. Talk about why that in the past has been important. Well, maybe that'll help them as they begin this run for approximately a month without James Harden. We'll also get into Tyrese Maxey scoring wise while he's been a little bit down after a big explosion in these games where he's gone for 44, 31, you know, all that. And uh, he had a tough one against the Phoenix Suns where he couldn't really find his way uh, on the basketball end of the floor offensively for the 76ers, even though they got the win. And then we'll also just talk about a little bit of stuff around the NBA as we uh, wrap this thing up. But Keith, yeah, again, they've been here before. So Doc Rivers and and his his team, they've been here before. The James Harden, Ben Simmons trade. We talked about it briefly on the last episode, but wanted to bring it more into the forefront here where Tyrese Maxey had to step into that role. Game one in New Orleans Pelicans in 21-22. He was on the floor as a starting point guard with the uncertainty of Ben Simmons and what he was going to do. They wound up being another a team again that ended up in the top three in the NBA in the Eastern Conference, pardon me. And then James Harden, he found his way to Philadelphia. They ended up with that top four record there. And Maxi learned a lot of stuff. We saw that he could score the basketball on any given night, even though he is going to be on the scouting report for these other teams. It didn't stop him. Tobias Harris played well last season. Joel Embiid, runner-up for the MVP for a second consecutive year. So even though they're missing a key piece, Keith, and I know that Seth Curry is not on this basketball team. They were missing that shooting that was part of their starting lineup that they do not have right now. They just don't. And James Harden, uh, yes, not on on the floor. George Niang comes off the bench. He's not going to give you 21 off the bench every night. He may not even give you 15 a night like you saw from Seth Curry with his time here in that starting role with Tyrese Maxey in the backcourt. So they're going to have to find that shooting to help space things out and stretch it out. But they do have Maxey, 
Harden, I mean, Harris and Embiid as their core group as something that Keith, you look at and maybe they can learn from what they did a season ago and use that a little bit more to their advantage this year. Yeah, I think exactly. I mean, I think, and that's what happened. Um, you know, you look at it and, and last year it was one of those things where they lost Ben Simmons, who was a guy who was, you know, a ball dominant player who got out and, and did certain things and set teammates up. And we saw more of, you know, going through Joel Embiid more so. We, we, we also saw a lot of ball movement. You saw Tobias Harris handling the ball a lot. And then you fast forward to last night, and it's kind of like the same thing. Like, you know, you look at it, and they were doing that same ingredient, whereas you have going through Joel, you see a lot of great ball movement, guys getting involved, and a lot of different players had touches. So and I also think that, Dealing with that last year, they, uh, um, Doc Rivers was also able to sell to the team that, listen, collectively, we're a pretty good team. We got we got a, a group of collective good players, but we also have arguably the best center in the league. So we need to take advantage of that. And what you need to do is to help you out in the fourth quarter is make sure you distribute the rock and get your teammates involved. And I feel like, you know, you come into last night's game and you have Embiid, and, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, they looked like how they played last year. He was by far the best player on the field, on the court. But you also had Tobias Harris and uh, and George Niang being able to be that second and third scorer to, to, to help out a lot. Yes. So on Monday, defeating the Phoenix Suns, they they did just that. The ball again just went through him. The double teams would come and he would move the ball. They had a pretty good assist to field goal make ratio, although they didn't shoot the ball very well. I believe it was 38 uh, percent, just under 40 percent on Monday night in that win. They shot it very well from deep. George Niang with his seven, Tobias Harris. He was clicking early from beyond also. And and then they found their way defensively and, and stepping up together and, and doing just that. So, yeah, uh, going through Embiid, as they should. We know he's the best player. He's the franchise player. The ball should funnel through him. He has to be willing at, in terms of his passing to get the ball out, to keep the ball moving and snapping where they make sure that they get the easiest shot possible on the floor based on what they run. Tobias Harris looked very comfortable on on Monday in that game, having him beat out there with him and Maxi and Maxi struggle. And we'll get to Maxi again in the next segment. So they needed Harris's points to to take to to make up for what Tyrese Maxi was unable to give on Monday in that win. So I, I think there's something there that they can look back to and, and and once again just talk about how they while they have you know have to figure some things out here and they have new pieces when it comes to PJ Tucker and DeAnthony Melton, the core three have been here before and understanding. And as you said, Doc Rivers is making sure he puts the right uh, lineups out there, the right play calls. DeAnthony Melton is a willing passer. You saw he was passing the basketball again as a, as a starting point guard on Monday, helping his teammates out, getting some good looks too. Uh, just didn't happen for he and Maxie on the offensive end as, as far as the ball dropping into the basket, resulting in those points. But he got his, Harris got his. And as you mentioned, a team, George Niang came in and cleaned up a lot of that by getting those buckets on, on the on that end with the three-point makes that he had, the seven of those on Monday night. So I, I'm, I'm curious to see how this all goes down with them 
Now that Harden is out, Embiid is back, they're going to run everything through him and, and see if the offense does, in fact, flow. Others will pick it up, in my opinion. Others will, in fact, pick it up. So very, very interested to see how how they all try to come together and, and even talking to Doc Rivers and finding out how much, if at all, they go back and look at some of the old stuff that they did with those three, uh, with Maxi, you know, not on the ball primarily like he was before because Seth Curry didn't want to leave a lot of that responsibility to him. Danny Green or Matisse Thibault was that fifth starter. But seeing some of that with both Melton and Maxi and, and how they run things. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what Doc has to say. All right. Well, I have some things to say, Keith. So before we uh, get into Tyrese Maxey, which we will do next, and you know, had a bit of a struggle on Monday night against the Phoenix Suns, and he shot the ball 10 for 29, I think it was, against the New York Knicks for his 31 points. So he's getting up some shots. Tennis doesn't look all that great. We'll talk about him and uh, what's next for him and getting back on track for this basketball but before we do so, let's talk about LinkedIn. And uh, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for a small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and free. All you have to do is go in and talk about you know, looking at situations where you know you want to have as far as people in your business and your company and how it helps you out. You can create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs and add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are, in fact, hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA to post your free job, your job for free. Sorry, not your free job, your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Do it today, people. Make sure you get out there and you do it today. All right. You want to make sure you have the job and, you know, get all that stuff squared away. Holidays coming up. Thank you for making Locked On 76 as your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. We have sports again, people. Tuesday off. Now you're back to Wednesday. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can can provide locked on sports today available on this app youtube and wherever you get your podcast we have sports well we have sports we had hockey did have hockey now you have basketball back on this wednesday all right so do it today people make sure you get out there and do it today all right all right keith gotta welcome everybody back here on the on the program and talk about i know that you want to discuss this one tyrese maxi struggled a bit on monday yeah, yeah, he's struggling. Well, well, you know, he actually struggled the last two games since James Harden hasn't been been around. Um, and, and I just want to, you know, break it down to you. Like last night, uh, not last night, but uh, what was it, Monday night, he finished with 11 points. He, huh? Yep. Monday he night. Night. 
Yeah, he finished with 11 points on four for 18 shooting, including missing all four of his three pointers, right, against his sons. He's shooting 14 for 47, including 23.5% on three pointers in the last two games without Harden. Now, this come after he shot 51.6% from the field, including 46.8% from deep in the first nine games, right? Now, when you talk to his teammates and you talk to everything else, now everyone's telling you that it's just a matter of him adjusting and getting comfortable. I mean, Tobias Harris basically just came out and said that. He said, and the Sixers think that it's a small thing. It's part of the game. I look at it as, right, you know, Maxie, first of all, we have to be honest that now shots aren't coming as easy as they were for Maxie when Harden was there because, you know, what you do is you look at it and you say to yourself, okay, I got James, I have Joel, I have Maxie. Maxie's great but he's younger, let me initially, you know, focus on these two. Well, right about now, it's kind of like the the focus is going towards him, but it's also there's certain times where he looks erratic, so to speak. He's just coming down. He's like going 100 miles an hour. He's doing things. And sometimes he just looks to be a little bit out of rhythm. I think, D, honestly, it's just a matter of him calming down a little bit and, and him picking his spot so to speak and well, i think now, was- yeah mm-hmm. now now he's now he's that that second option um maybe where tobias harris was the second option the season ago it might be mm-hmm. him now and he's going to draw that number one wing defender you saw a lot of mikhail bridges on him on monday you saw a lot of chris paul before chris paul exited the game uh, on him on monday and yeah some of the length of, of bridges bothered him you also saw, you know, Chris Paul is a, a savvy veteran, also an all NBA defender where he understands certain things. And when Chris Paul went out, it was primarily uh, Bridges' job to defend him. He's going to have to deal with that type of thing now where he's going to draw that best defender from that team. So a prime example, when we talk about the Atlanta Hawks on Thursday, Keith, DeJounte Murray is probably that's probably going to be DeJounte Murray's assignment assignment and, and not Trey Young. Trey Young is going to be on DeAnthony Melton. And DeJounte mm-hmm. Murray will be on Tyrese Maxey to try to limit him. And, and we know DeJounte uh, Murray has already been a all-defensive player in this league. And that's part of the reason why Atlanta brought him there to help take some of the pressure off of Young, where he doesn't have to defend the likes of Tyrese Maxey. So, yeah, he's going to have to figure it out. But I do think it will be made a little bit easier, Keith, now that Embiid is back and they figure that dynamic out between those two that – that two-man game that they may have, Harris doing his thing against the other defenders there. I'd imagine that he's going to draw maybe uh, uh, DeAndre Hunter uh, in that one unless they use him as a, kind of a free safety out there against um, P.J. Tucker and not having him you know, kind of you know, stick on him and maybe roam around a little bit to be a help defender, he or John Collins, whatever they decide. But – yeah, I, I think Maxi will, and you're right. Harden set up a lot of things for a lot of people. He drew a lot of attention, a lot of penetration, kick out, better shots for Maxi. Melton is not going to draw that double team, but play de- defensively, they are going to have to slide and make a decision on how to help leaving their man. And he's just simply making the right pass. And if he does that, Maxi will find himself open from time to time. And then when you talked about it on, 
on Tuesday's podcast, the ball moving around and around the perimeter, continuing to run in that action. It's not sticking. And then it find, finds Maxie's hands and being able to knock down one of those shots or the dribble penetration, getting out in, in the open floor and just using his speed to go downhill to get to the basket. He just has to continue to shoot. Shooters shoot, players struggle. You get out of your slump. The only way you do that is by shooting the basketball. So I wouldn't expect him to do anything any differently than what we've seen. And I, I think he'll be fine. It's just a, a, a learning experience for him right now. And those numbers don't look good through the first through these two games. They do not. Nah, but yeah, like you said, it's a learning experience. I mean, you know, that's something that I think that he can, you know, he, he'll work through eventually. But it's something he'll work through because, like, right now in the season, he's still shooting 41.7% on three-pointers, right? Absolutely. So, so that's still phenomenal. So, you know, I, I think that it's one of those things where, you know, he's young, he's learning, um, you know, he, he's going from being the, the third option to, to the number two option. And and it's, uh, like you said, people are guarding him differently now. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So – See how it all plays out. A big test on on uh, on Thursday tomorrow against the Atlanta Hawks, and he's done well against the Toronto Raptors, who have a very good defensive team with some length. And we've seen him play better. So uh, again, that's why I'm not too concerned about it this early because of the things that I I know we've seen from him in in the past, most recent past, especially against that Toronto Raptors team where he hung 44 on them in Toronto and then backed it up with another 30-point performance. So, Keith, on the other side, we need to talk about Doc Rivers and the job that he did on Monday against the Phoenix Suns. And if it takes some of the pressure off of him, you wrote a story uh, on theinquire.com about him and how maybe we need to back off him. He's the fall guy as of right now. So we'll discuss that next right here, Locked On 76ers. Before we talk about that, I would love to talk about Bet Online. Bet online is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got bet got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts do it today people make sure you do it today all right keith good coaching performance from doc rivers and my i know a lot of people were on him for the knicks loss and i openly said that i didn't think he was the the reason that they lost they didn't make shots in that Knicks loss on, on last Friday at, at home. Uh, they bounced back with a big win against the Phoenix Suns. You could argue that it's the biggest one. Still time will tell because it, it, the biggest one was the one that was right in front of you. And right in front of you is what they needed, and they got it. So uh, you wrote the story, though, on Inquire.com about why you felt like he was the fall guy and, and all of that. And, look, I've talked about many things that Doc Rivers has done as a head coach that I was not in favor of. I did not think he lost that game against the New York Knicks. They lost by two, 106-104. Shots didn't fall. Tyrese Maxey took a, a, a rush shot with 27 seconds to go down two. He took a three where he 
decided to, to raise up in three and go for the win right there, even though New York would have had an opportunity to go out there and again try to, to get something done on the offensive end. Then DeAnthony Melton missed a shot air ball, 3.3 seconds left to try to win it when, again, you only needed two. So I thought that that was just a game that they lost. They were shorthanded the first game without James Harden, no house, no Embiid, and they were in it. They had a chance. It happens in the NBA. I didn't blame him, and I've been quick to blame him for things. You wrote the story, though, about him being a, you know, potentially being a fall guy, and now everybody will be watching the Sixers with the Phillies done. Why, why do you feel like that was the case, and, and how do you feel it should be when it comes to you know, leveling off the blame towards why things may not be going the way that we thought this early? Yeah, I think a lot of people look at Doc and they say, you know, you look at the roster and you look at the guys that came in and you're saying, hey, look, we made some upgrades this season. You know, right now with the the hype and the promotions and all that, the 76ers are been talked about as being one of the best teams, a team built to win a championship. But when I look at this roster, it still has some holes. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, part of the problem is right now we look at James Harden we look at Joel Embiid. I mean, they both had phenomenal games when the other person wasn't on the floor, right? I mean, they need to mesh that together, right? We look at um, P.J. Tucker. You know, I don't know if it's because, you know, he's still – he's, like, got to get back in condition because of the knee ailment in the, in the time that he took off before he had surgery before the start of the season. Or was he having a tough time picking up the defensive schemes? Maybe it's a different – way that doc has him playing it or maybe he's just a little bit older and and he just probably can't you know having a tough time now keeping up with the young boys and also let's face it he is a power forward but they got him playing the three because but they got two power forwards him and tobias so it's one of those things where i when you look at a lot of these things you know you really can't blame blame the coach on it because he's just taking on a roster that he inherited right and he's making do with it and a lot of times when that happens, it's kind of like you may stay with a person longer than normal than you would if you had you who you felt somebody else in there that you can play. Right. Or you may just start going with these crazy lineups trying to make something happen. And people are looking at it like, what are you doing? And you're saying to yourself, well, what else can I do? You know what I mean? So I feel like, you know, he made a great decision by bringing Paul Reed off the bench as his sixth man on Monday night against uh, against the Phoenix Suns and to be his backup center because all he had to do was just provide defense, protect the rim, be physical, don't let anyone beat you off the, off the dribble and stuff like that. So I feel like he's doing what he can do um, with this roster. Now, again, it all sounds good because they went out and got these players, but as we see, they're, they're – uh, meshing together is not coming as, as as long as quickly as people had assumed or as people, you know, uh, as, as we like. So I feel like Doc is doing okay job, you know, for, for what, what he has. Well, yeah, man. Um, again, I haven't blamed him and you're right. Oftentimes when things like this happen in the off season, they look at the, the, the GM who made the moves decided to bring the type of players that they brought in. And you want to roll with those, those guys and see at least early on if they have it. 
uh, which is why maybe when we talked about it early on, Keith, where it wasn't working and we were pushing openly for Matisse Thibel because of the, the defensive problems they were having on the perimeter. Seeing Furkan Korkmaz in, in, in the game against the New York Knicks hitting, hitting a big shot. Shake Milton getting some minutes, consistent minutes for Doc Rivers' team also. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to blame him, especially when you talk about the players that were brought in. They want to see if that stuff is going to pay off for them with House and, and Harrell and Tucker and Melton. So far, the Tucker and Melton thing, it has worked. I mean, even when you talk about P.J. Tucker, to your point, playing out of position, I just think he's a, a rover anyway. He doesn't really have a position because of his unique style, size-wise and all that, where he just goes out there and, and, and hoops and and let the chips fall where they may. But I understand what you're talking about, and we'll see. And in the end, like we always talk about, Keith, it's the regular season. We expect him to be in the playoffs. It's, it's just a, it's the matter of what he does in the postseason with this basketball team and how he constructs his roster, I mean, his rotation when we get to the playoffs and, and, and making sure that they advance past the first, second, third, and fourth, get to the fourth round and winning the championship. I agree, bro. I, All right, I man. Agree. Well, listen, another fun one. Really appreciate it. Uh, we want to thank everybody for making Locked On 76 as your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Keith, do you mind telling the good people where they can find us? Yep, like D just said, wherever you can get your podcast, make sure you get this podcast. <laughs> you can get it, get us on, um, you know, Odyssey, all that other stuff. But you can also, you know, go to our YouTube channel. And when you get to get to the YouTube channel, YouTube channel, click on the Liberty Bell, and you become a new new subscriber, right? But also, what you need to do is you really need to do it tonight. You need to listen to the Divine Giving Show. It's going to come on ninety-seven-five FM from. 7 to 10, 7 to 10 tonight. Yep. Also, what you do is you need to listen to my man or follow my man, Divine, at DivineG975 on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompeii on Sixers, and you can read my articles in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer.com. We appreciate you checking in with us. We hope you have a good Wednesday. We'll talk to you on Thursday as we preview the Sixers and the Hawks. The start of their two-game series, a home-and-home, home, starting off in Atlanta. Keith, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, D. Have a great one, bro. You too. Mm-hmm.